Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and sunny greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio, sir, to our live show that we bring you guys every single week to give you our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world today, how to make sense of the news, how to make sense of everything else that's happening. Sorry for the late start this morning, but I'm going to be honest with you. I took the daughter camping, so uh, it was a little bit more important and um, thought it was going to be a lot of fun. And it was, um, but, you know, getting out into the wilderness, touching grass, as the kids say. Um, so we started a little bit late that way. I didn't have to rush the morning after camping. So, uh, it's a thing. Um, lots of, lots of that right now that we're getting into the warmer months, mm-hmm. but we are live. Let us know in the chat over at rumble. Now that we've officially moved on over, don't worry. People who listen to this as a podcast, we will make sure, uh, that we post this up and just, uh, give us a good check in the live chat over at rumble and let us know that you're able to see everything. Let us know that everything's going great. Uh, we would obviously very much appreciate to make sure that the audio and everything's playing around now that we've moved over trying to just get used to it. Right. Um, great stuff so far. There's obviously going to be a lot of changes and updates that we're going to have to make, uh, to make it prettier, you know, do all the, do all the proper stuff that rumble rumble offers us. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll be able to do that. Of course, as always, you can go over to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong thing radio. If you want to help sponsor the program, it's two ninety nine a month. Uh, that money just goes to paying for the various subscriptions that we use to make sure that we can get this out to you and make sure also that we're on top of the news in a good way. Anyway, uh, a lot of things to talk about this week. The obvious title of this program is about how the left wants to start a race war, but... Uh, let's work a little bit backward because I think a lot of this is going to come down to the wonderful joy. That is the fact that the left wing seems to be particularly obsessed with everything having to be a mental health crisis. Everything has to be mental health. And I think the reason why everything has to have, everything needs to do with mental health is because mental health can only be solved by the experts. And mental health initiatives can only be solved by the government. And that's why... We do really love our experts over here, don't we, folks? We we have to love the experts. If you don't love the experts, you're probably an idiot. Why wouldn't you listen to the experts? But everything has to be a mental health crisis in the left because mental health gives people power. It's also a way for them to basically shame uh, Mm. their various competition... Um, in a method that makes it very difficult for people to fight because that's, that's the worst part of it is they are going to cry and complain. How dare you? This person is, I mean, it's a mental health thing. Like don't be judgmental because that's the big thing. Alan, you bring this up a lot is the left's one of the things the left hates the most is the idea of people being judgmental. How dare well, you make a don't judgment want call? People to be judgmental—that would be bad. They might make the wrong decisions. Then, yeah, that's what—that's what mean people do. Well, I will let you know that I'm—I'm uh, I'm going to start this off with something that a lot of you in the audience may not have heard of, uh, because unless you're basically a liberal woman that's in like the upper middle class, if not in like you know the elite class of people in the United States. There's a thing going around and it's been a few, it's been around for a few years, but I finally saw an article this week that just sent me over the edge and I had to introduce this concept to Alan and it is called the Sunday scaries. 
which now, if you now wanna... just tell me where this comes from. Like who's who talks about this and, and where this so, is a new term to me. <laughs> so the Sunday scaries is something I've heard of, but where I heard about it is it's basically always coming from like liberals at work, like liberals who work in a job, particularly places like the tech sector or the professional, like professional services, people who work for like, this is like your director of human resources. This is your, um, you know, lawyers, doctors, like particularly liberal women who exist in, um, areas yeah who, who basically exist in areas where you're actually well paid but the majority of your work is sitting in an office building sending around powerpoints i just don't sure. know a better way to really say that now what is the sunday scaries in definition well this is most of you have experienced this let's say that you work on monday to friday because that is one of the things that we absolutely have to note um, this only exists for people who work Monday through Friday. Uh, you have to go to work the next day. It's, you know, the end of your weekend and you have to go to work. Well, you don't want to, that sucks. Work sucks. I like my True. weekend. I'm having fun. So you get annoyed, you get upset. This has been termed the Sunday scaries. And as mm. opposed to it being something where you're just slightly anxious, slightly annoyed or whatever about having to go to work. It is now being sold in the idea that this is some, this is actually a mental health issue. The Sunday scaries isn't just people who are like, I don't want to go to work. Right? No, mm -hmm. it's not that. This is anxiety. Anxiety is a scary oh, word. That's dear. a bad thing. Nobody wants anxiety. Anxiety can be solved with pills. Right? Oh, well, I, I suppose. Now, instead of it, just being you're annoyed because you have to go to work it's now anxiety and anxieties require solutions folks and so since anxieties require solutions they are now trying to the left is now trying to make the sunday scaries be an actual problem that requires a solution and obviously this solution is going to be through the government and so there have been several studies because let's be honest here. The Sunday scaries is an excuse. And what it is, is mm -hmm. the newest thing for the left is they want to have a four day work week. Who doesn't? Yeah. Like who doesn't? Of course. Like, yeah, I would love to work one less day. That would be awesome. But the difference between say Alan saying that he wants to have a four day work week is Alan's natural inclination is going to be, I'm going to see if there's any possible way that I can have a four day work week. And if I can find that possible way, I'm going to then move forward and like present it, say to my boss and say, Hey boss person, what if I could just work four 10 hour days, accomplish the same amount of work. And then I get a three day weekend, right? That'd be pretty great. That would be pretty great. And who doesn't want to do that? But that's not what the left is trying to do. Mm. See, the left has to make it a mental health thing that the government has to solve. So what do they oh. want to do? Okay. They want to force businesses to push a four-day work week. To force it. Mm. 
And this is easily provable by the fact that they're now trying to make it sound like it's a mental health issue. And so we saw there was some small, I think it was Forbes magazine that put out an article about it. And in Forbes magazine, they said, well, here's a company that moved to a four day work week and has almost entirely wiped out the Sunday scaries. Oh boy. The Sunday scaries, huh? Did they do a company-wide survey of how scared are you on Sunday? Ah, uh, here it is. I found it. So it's it, it's Insider Business that did it. And it says, switching to a four-day work week got rid of this company's Sunday scaries. So let's see how, or if we even can. Um, a four-day work week could help employees say goodbye to their Sunday scaries, which Business Insider love, lovingly gave us a link to an article. And it's an, this is actually an article from March 12th of this year where it, the headline of it is, I do bare minimum Mondays work at where I do bare minimum Mondays at work to help beat the Sunday scaries and avoid burnout. It's totally changed my life and how I appreciate my job. And this is by Sarah Jackson. And so she tic- sounds lovely. Yeah. TikTok creator and startup founder, Marisa Joe. Mayors has gone viral for doing bare minimum Mondays. She's a bare minimum Mondays, huh? It helps her avoid the dread and pressure that many people feel when returning to work on Mondays. She said it helps quote, start the week prioritizing yourself as a person over yourself as an employee. And here's what the article says. This is this this as told to essay is based on com- on a conversation with Marissa Joe Myers or Mayers, a self-employed TikTok creator and startup founder who has gone viral for doing what she calls bare minimum Mondays at work. It has been edited for length and clarity. Just so you're aware, uh, first of all, let's understand the frame of this. Self-employed TikTok creator and startup founder can any huh. of her employees get away with bare minimum Mondays? Doubtskis. Can any of her vendors get away with bare minimum Mondays? Can TikTok get away with bare minimum Mondays for her TikTok creation? Is that allowed? Is it okay? Can the Grubhub that you almost certainly order, uh, can they do bare minimum Monday? Can the winery that you almost certainly went to brunch at on Sunday, are they allowed to not be open on Sunday? No, of course not. So let's go into this. Let, let's go into this essay. In 2020, I worked in a medical device sale. I worked in medical device sales. I was completely miserable and burned out. I thought the problem was my boss or the work culture in corporate America. So I quit my job and gave self-employment a whirl. I soon realized the issue was bigger than that. I had a quote hustle culture problem and a perfectionism problem. I was still approaching work the same way as in my corporate job. It was like a cycle of stress and burnout. I'd feel bad because I was so burned out, I couldn't do anything. So I'd make make an insanely long to-do list for Mondays with the hope of overachieving my, my way back to feeling good about myself and how much I was getting done. Every week, the Sunday scaries would hit. And every Monday, I'd sleep in until the absolute last second because I knew that list was waiting for me. 
The pressure I was putting on myself was paralyzing, and I realized something had to change. One day last March, I gave myself permission to do the absolute bare minimum for work, and it was like some magic spell came over me. I felt better. I wasn't overwhelmed, and I actually got more done than I expected. You, you're the only person in this story that's allowed to give yourself permission to do this. Because yeah, also, where's your boss? She's self-employed. Yeah. Yeah. I gave myself per so you created your own fucking problem, then solved your own fucking problem, and we're supposed to pat you on the back. I mean, it's, I mean, kind of admirable. I guess I've done bare minimum Mondays every week since. Managing expectations was really important. I learned to cut out wishful thinking tasks and aim for two to three important things that'll move the needle. And I'm thrilled when I finish those. On a bare minimum Monday, I don't take meetings and take it slow for the first two hours. I'll do some reading, some journaling, maybe some stuff around the house. It's two hours of no technology, no checking email, just doing whatever I need to do to feel good starting my day. Around 10 or so, I let myself do whatever I want creatively. It could be shooting content or making visuals for my brand. It's work-related, but I make sure it's creative work that I enjoy. I'll do an hour of that before breaking for lunch or a walk. Then I, then I do my main work tasks for two hours. I'm not multitasking. I'm not distracted. I'm not on my phone. If I'm not done after that, I'll do another hour, but it's usually no more than that. My Monday workday is shorter, but because it's really focused work, I get the same amount done as my old eight-hour workdays. Most comments I've received about bare minimum Mondays are either, you're living my dream, or what, what an entitled millennial who doesn't know the value of hard work. At one point in my corporate career, I probably would have rolled my eyes too, but after experiencing burnout, I get it. I'm burnout? I'm neurodivergent. And oh. I think for neurodivergent people, we often do extra mental lifting that neurotypical people don't do in order to, to mask or fit in. Because we're overcompensating, we can be more prone to burnout. Letting myself off the hook for a lot of unspoken expectations and rules that didn't really matter was so liberating. So you're weird, is what you're saying. I'm going to tell you this. As somebody who works in a corporate environment regularly and does consulting, I'm going to tell you this flat out. It's not because she's fucking neurodivergent. I'm sorry. I'm going to cuss a lot on this show because it's a political show, number one. So kids shouldn't be listening because, my God, why would they? But two, I don't know. We moved to Rumble and I'm going to use that as an excuse. It's, it's not because you're fucking neurodivergent. It's not because you have some mental disorder. It's because you're a woman and you did this to yourself. I have dealt with a lot of female employees and female associates on a regular basis. And think about this for a second. Women are regularly told all through their lives by liberals that they will never measure up. You're never going to make it. No one's going to take you seriously. You're a woman and therefore you're never going to be good enough because it's a man's world. It's the patriarchy. You're constantly a victim and no one's going to take you seriously. So what ends up happening? What ends up happening is women will in fact work a lot because some ghost that they created is not taking them seriously is not going mm -hmm. to accept them 
They're, they, they will become perfectionists in everything that they do because there's a man somewhere that's going to come after them for one reason or another. And women will burn themselves out. They will stress and get a bunch of anxiety over a bunch of things. And I have absolutely had it where I have finally talked to a female employee or a female associate and say, why are you so high strung over this thing? And it's like, well, if I don't do it, then everyone's going to get upset. And then I'm probably going to get fired. And I don't even belong in this job because I, I'm not even really qualified to be here. And it's like, what are you talking? Like, where is this coming from? And it's them. Hmm. In fact, there is a statistic that's hilarious because um, having worked on an employment council, uh, obviously one of the things that we constantly hear from females is uh, women are underpaid, right? We hear I've that heard a lot. This pay gap thing. Yeah, the the, the someone's the, talked about it. Sure, the gender pay gap. You know what's amazing about the gender pay gap? There's another that's fun false. statistic. Yeah, women, by and large, will not take risks. I actually had this conversation with somebody recently. It's somebody who constantly talks about the gender pay gap, which, by the way, they actually make an incredible amount of money. So it's really ironic to hear this. But they'll talk about the gender pay gap. But then I was I was sharing a story about someone who I had to convince to apply to a job because she kept saying that she was not qualified for it. I'm not qualified. I don't have this and this and this. And it's like, no, craft your resume this way. You do have the qualifications. You have what they're looking for. So you're being ridiculous. Just phrase it in a way that sounds this way or that. Because it was it, it, the job itself was for somebody to direct a program. Mm. she's upset because she doesn't have all the technical skills for one part of that program. And it's like, you don't need to, you need to direct it. You're not going to be doing the technical part, but you do understand the technical part because you've worked in this field before and you've worked with those people before. That's all they need. You just need to understand what their job is, what they can achieve and be able to understand the expectations of what they create. You don't need to be the technical person here. You need to be the director. Right. She was like, well, I just don't know if I should apply, though, because I've never done that. And it's like, but it's one of like four other tasks. They're like, what do you just apply? She, of course she applies. They call her. She's the most qualified person they had apply. They gave her the job almost on the freaking spot. If I, with my evil patriarchal penis, wasn't sitting there saying, apply to the job, write your resume this way. Yes, you're qualified to do this. She would have never applied. And then probably convinced herself that the reason why she wouldn't have gotten the job is because of the man or something. Women create this anxiety amongst each other. I won't say within themselves. They create it amongst each other because they constantly sit there being told that you're never going to measure up. So they burn themselves out at work. And they burn themselves out at work because they want to be taken seriously. Now, okay. who is worried about taking them seriously? Nobody. I take females it's serious at work. I don't like, why do I care? Are you doing the job? Awesome. Great. That's cool. Check. Let's go. But they're convinced somebody's not going to because they were told somebody's not going to. And now they have a thing called the Sunday scaries, which is almost entirely only ever spoken about by women or really effeminate men. But it was derived from, I'm so afraid because I have all these things I have to get done. Notice with this CEO's thing or the, what this business owner's essay that she wrote. She just realized 
She's not doing anything. Nobody's coming up to her and saying, why isn't X, Y, or Z getting done? Now, it's a little bit different because you own your own business and you're a freaking TikTok creator. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, this is, you don't do real work. Of course. Sure. Like, let's just start there. You don't have, like, I'm glad you're lucky. I'm not against it. But, like, you don't have, like, a real job. You're doing things that you couldn't do at a real job. But let's say you could and nobody got mad at you then you did this all to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what bothers me is women create this. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, maybe it sounds a little weird is I keep hearing about it and it's intensifying more and more. And so I have a real good feeling that fairly soon we're going to start hearing the left talk about how we need to like fundamentally change how we do business in the United States because we just have to get rid of the Sunday scaries, which is a real mental thing because expert uh, feminist psychologist over here is going to talk about how bad the uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, how, how bad the actual mental health crisis is because of the Sunday scaries. Oh, and by the way, it mainly needs to apply to women. It's men. Uh, yeah, sure. It's it's men that uh, it's men and white specifically white cisgendered men who made the five day work week. <laughs> a lot of people just want to complain about something, don't they? Yeah, this bores you because this is just this is like rich pe rich dumb people stuff, isn't it, Alan? I mean, a little bit. It just is. <laughs> it's one that it it's not real. It's never going to go anywhere, and it's just. It's just pathetic people do just doing what they do best and complaining to the productive people. Yeah, because like my normal work, I work early in the morning and I get the majority of the important things I need to get done done as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of just do whatever I want for the rest of the day. But I obviously make sure that I'm reachable. I check things like, and I had a I had a female friend who. Because so we, we, we were, we work remote and it, even during like lockdown and stuff, obviously, but she would sit at her desk from nine to five. Oh, why? That's what do you mean? Like, like at home? Yeah. Like at home remote. That's weird. Well, like what if somebody messages me? Like, okay, just check it every, you know. Go do stuff. You're not doing anything. Go get tasks done. You're, you know, they locked us all down, right? So it's like, oh, cool. Like, go get, go get some stuff done. Like, the government is literally forcing you to stay at home. Well, I'm going to get my laundry done during the week. I'm not doing it on the weekend anymore. I'm going to do it during work hours because I'm, I'm stuck at home. Cool. Right. Of course. Nope. I have no work. Makes I'm going to go do sense. laundry. I have no work. I'm going to go vacuum. I have nothing going on oh. right now. I'm going to go do this. Just do that. Every man I know, and I'm, I'm maybe maybe it's dumb that I'm making this like gendered, but it is. Every man I know does that. Every woman I know sitting at their desk staring because like they think someone's watching them, or they're gonna get huh. in trouble. And it's like, just don't do that. You're doing this to yourself. That's I think that's the ultimate thing that I'm that I'm kind of getting at is how many of these things are self inflicted, but then they become something that they're gonna make up. It becomes a, quote, mental health disorder, and then it becomes a problem that only the government can solve.
at the cost of everything. And by the way, it will only service TikTok creators who have their own startup at the risk of probably killing a bunch of businesses. Uh, yeah, well, that's why I think it's going to go. It, it's one of those things that's never going to go anywhere. Yeah. Because as much as anyone may complain about it, uh, I think that it's it would have to get government a- approval, and that just seems a little too far-fetched. Yeah. You, you think it'll just become, well, I think, I think it's going to become the new communist thing because by communist thing, I mean, the left's going to start pushing it as like capitalism shouldn't take, take a precedent over us. You know, I, I need to think of myself, like do things for myself as, as a person, not as an employee. I just uh, bare minimum Mondays. Uh. It's like, yeah, you just don't want to work. At the end of the right. day, everything the left does, they want communism because they think communism makes it to where they don't have to work, and then somebody else will do all the work for them. Yeah. It's probably why they I like agree. outsourcing, too. But to get this away from my, my boring, uh, annoyed topic of the Sunday scaries, uh, mental health, it's interesting because for as much as the left talks about mental health, they do next to nothing to actually actually change it. And by that, I mean, apparently when it comes to the left, the way to take care of mental health is to throw money at stuff. And what does that stuff equate to? I don't know because what it doesn't equate to is taking people who have a mental problem, have a mental health crisis, as they say, it doesn't take them off the street. And what that turns into is you have somebody who is having a mental health crisis on a subway and has become threatening to society and threatening to the other passengers on a subway train to the point where they are restrained by four people. And I'm going to actually mm-hmm. just chime in. I don't think there's no such thing as a mental health episode. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Someone's crazy. Someone is crazy yeah. and dangerous or they're not. And there's not sort of an in-between anyone that could just suddenly be snapping people don't go from i'm totally normal to i'm suddenly crazy and dangerous for the next 30 minutes it's you're either one or the other either you're a normal person with enough self-control to be considered normal and if you don't have that or there is a danger of that suddenly slipping for no reason you now are considered crazy and dangerous even if you're currently not having crazy dangerous episode the fact that that is just a shade away from hitting means that you should be considered crazy and dangerous all the time. Right. Well, and that, that's the thing. What can we do? You know, because you experience this, right? You're out there in Seattle. There are people mm-hmm. that are just shouting at trees. <laughs> right. There are crazy, dangerous people wandering the streets like a pack of zombies. It's not a good scenario for anyone. Right. It's not good for them. It's a, you've had this, you've had this discussion with people like with, with some of the, the, some of the like kind of more left people where you, you kind of made a really great case for how discompassionate the left's arguments about homelessness and things like this is. Yes. Uh, A lot of people on the left don't want people to get help or they don't want to admit that people need to have their freedoms restricted, I think is the main, the big thing. 
to them, if you ever restrict anyone's personal freedom for any reason, anywhere, anytime, anyhow, you're a bad guy or evil racist. And so then when they look at someone wandering the street being crazy, breaking into cars, causing vandalism, they go, well, I want to stop that, but I don't know how to do it without becoming a Nazi. <laughs> and so then that's why they will default inevitably to all sorts of bizarre explanations and policy prescriptions because it's all centered more on not having to actually discipline people that are social ills. It's why a lot of the it's why out here when you talk to people, talk to liberals, they will all inevitably talk about, well, we just need more affordable housing. That's really what we need. We need affordable housing and that's going to solve it. And you go, well, but that guy is throwing rocks at trees. He's screaming at the sky. No amount of no amount of how the affordability of housing is not what is keeping that guy on the street. <laughs> that person is passed out with a heroin needle in their arm. No matter how affordable you make housing, that guy's still going to have a heroin needle in his arm. Right. It, it's a lot why I think you see uh, movies that the, let's say, call it the boomer generation, really loved. Um, often, uh, someone pointed this out to me. There's a lot of movies that made, especially in the 80s and 90s, that focused on things like child abuse became a... Um, a trope. Think of the movie Forrest Gump, where Jenna, uh, her backstory is, oh, it was an abusive family. And I think, and a lot of movies that came out in the, let's say, 80s, 70s, really 80s and 90s, started to feature this as, and I think a lot of the point was, especially baby boomers and probably Gen Xers, really get off on seeing those depictions of or being reminded of child abuse in media because it, they, to them, what they're really doing is they conflate disciplining their child with child abuse and it alleviates their responsibility. Mm -hmm. Concerns about, well, I don't want to be abusing my children means that you now no longer have to feel any responsibility to disciplining your children. And it's the same, and it's the same with, you know, people on the left. They look at, they don't want to have to, take the responsibility of disciplining the homeless. They want, they want to alleviate that responsibility and go, no, it's just affordable housing. That's the only thing keeping the crazy guy being crazy. It's just, it's this capitalist system that we live in. That's driving people mad, not the drugs. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too, is like, yeah, it's, it's the unhoused population. We can't even call them homeless anymore. It's unhoused. Yeah. The unhoused population. Yeah. But again, it's a lot of it is just this, it's an attempt by a lot of people, a lot of liberals, entire conception of reality is dodging responsibility. Mm -hmm. well, and that's, that, and that's why all their policies are, well, the government just needs to do more because then I don't have to be personally responsible for anything. I don't have to be responsible for advocating that they, oh, they, I couldn't advocate them going to an insane asylum or any kind of institution or being institutionalized. That would limit their freedom. And really, isn't it society that's to blame for them being crazy? Well, yeah, well, in the, the, um, yeah, the, 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 the big side of it. So the, the reason why, sorry, the reason why I brought up unhoused is instead of calling them homeless, use the term unhoused because it's a passive, it's a passive statement. 
there's no fault given there. It's not their fault. Right. Yeah. Again, and, yeah. No. And, and the thing that you're not allowed to talk about, which I'm sure that you've run into several times is these people are drug addicts. Most yeah. of them are drug addicts and they go, no, 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 no. It's not that. No, it's an untreated mental illness. It's like, well, and if they do, it's, this is just why we need to spend more money on drug rehabilitation programs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, no, that's not going to help either because the, the drug rehab, like, well, yes, drug rehabilitation programs would be great. But if you're, if you're, per, if these people aren't forced into the programs, then why, then your program isn't going to do any good. If someone is okay with all the, it's like living on the street has to be terrible. And if someone would rather live on the street than to, than get, than go to mental health counseling, what do you do to force them into that? You have to force people into the counseling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the problem with a lot of homeless people is they would rather be on the street than have to get help because a lot of them are either drug addicts or crazy. And if you get help, that means you no longer get to be a drug crazy drug addict. <laughs> it's like if someone is if someone is a paranoid schizophrenic, how do you are they're not going to walk in and just get help. Right. And it is absolutely insane that so many, especially liberals, seem to feel like that's the case. Like, well, they'll just, if we just offer help, eventually people will just use it. Like, no. <laughs> that's not true. Now, of that's course. That's not how this works, nor has, as that's not how it's ever worked. Now, um, this is, this is um, obviously what we're kind of circling the drain on a little bit here was what happened on the New York subway, which is where mm-hmm. um, there was a gentleman, Jordan Neely, who was immediately celebrated by the left as being, oh, he's just the Michael Jackson guy. Which, okay, let me start there. Um, Personally, for me, I absolutely, I'm pretty sure I've brought this up on the show. I love buskers. Buskers are the people that are playing music outside of stuff. And, you know, for tip money. Interesting. I think that they're awesome. Uh, Obviously. Why? Well, I'm a musician, Alan. I was was a musician my entire life. And so... What I now understand this, there's such a thing as the respectful busking and then the disrespectful busking. Now, when I'm walking around, say, Washington, D.C. is a really good spot for it. There are occasionally there are buskers out there. There's one that's here in my town where there's a guy that will, you know, at a reasonable volume, will basically play the vocal parts of pop hits on a violin, on an electric violin. And I would give that guy all my money. Um, okay. That, okay. We're, we're, if that's what you're considering quote busking, then I understand. Yeah. Did you think busking means you're doing something for the money, not begging? Oh, okay. Panhandling. I, I, I guess when I think of a Michael Jackson impersonator, it sounds like something that would be incredibly annoying. So I was going to get to that, but what you're, what you may have been thinking of maybe, especially is, on a subway where you that, can't leave. Yeah. If it was just maybe in a, the, on the street and so like some guy playing the violin on the street is a very very different thing than some guy spinning around and dancing inside a subway car which would be drastically more annoying well and this is exactly like this is the thing they're they want it to be they they want to make him out to be the michael jackson guy because everybody's going to be like, oh, he was just an artist. And oh, my gosh, this angry white Marine, probably a white supremacist. 
uh, went and just uh, choked him to death. Lynched him is actually the term that they were trying to use is that he was lynched lynched him to death uh, as as he was just trying to trying to dance to Thriller. Uh, First of all, like I said, I like buskers. Uh, If you trap me on a train and you start dancing around or singing or being loud or you're a full, you know, 10 piece mariachi band, I'm going to want to kick you in the teeth. (laughs) Okay. Um, because at the end of the day, fuck you for that. You don't get to trap me with your bullshit. If you're a dude, like I said, mm-hmm. the reason why I brought up buskers is I actually like them. I think it's awesome. I think it makes cities cool. I really do. And I will give them money because I think that's amazing. You trap me somewhere and start your bullshit. I should be allowed to fight you. Mm-hmm. That's basically ear rape. You don't get to rape my ears. Um, but at the same time, dude hasn't been dancey, you know, Michael Jackson guy in a very long time. In fact, a lot of people on uh, social media have been actually sharing a post from nine years ago on Reddit where it was like basically a Reddit, uh, a Reddit thing for New York. And they were like, hey, remember the Michael Jackson guy? Yeah, stay away from that dude. He's gone nuts. He basically just screams at people and wants to fight them. So he's not huh. the Michael Jackson guy. But this is this is what's so interesting. Number one, and we'll get to this in a second, Alan, but like, number one, why the hell is this a national news story? Number two, why are they trying to make this guy out to be like a, a helpless victim, you know, poor artist who was just sitting there dancing around in his Michael Jackson gear, suddenly killed and choked? Um, obviously, this was a horrible accident. And they've, unfortunately, they've actually named the guy. Daniel Perry is his name. He's a former (laughs) Marine. He was a former Marine sergeant. Poor bastard got identified, so now his life's over. Let's just start there. Right now, because of all the national attention, this guy's life (laughs) is going to be changed forever. He already was just trying to restrain somebody who was acting erratically and violently. Almost guaranteed. That is what every witness has said, is this guy was reacting erratically and violently and this guy and several other people were attempting to restrain him which let's be honest you get four people to do anything on a new york subway new york you can watch tons of social media videos of some of the craziest things happening on new york subways and no one's doing a damn thing everyone's just staring at the floor while untold degeneracy to include people openly masturbating on trains. Nobody does anything. What was this guy doing that was so heightened that four people were like, okay, it's on. We got to stop this dude. This guy had to have been insanely dangerous because just think about it. Par for the course on the New York subway is all sorts of insane things. I heard he was threatening passengers and essentially being looking like he was an imminent threat. But but to uh, what I'm trying to sell is how much more severe this guy must have been to what regular Americans who don't oh, ride sure. the New York subway. Like, exactly. People that normally people who have probably sat by and as crazy people have done a bunch of stuff on the subway felt like this one was one where, oh, I, we have to intervene and do something here. Now, the statements that were given is that he like pulled his coat off and he said, I just want to die. Like, I don't, you know, whatever, like, I'm not going to lie. That's probably not that crazy. So there had to have been things he was doing that really suggested that four people, one person I can understand, maybe 
four people mm-hmm. who regularly ride the New York subway, this guy had to have posed some sort of threat. Now, with that being said, Daniel Perry, I don't think, had any intention of killing someone. He was just trying to restrain him until the police got there. Oh, but the police took a long time. Why? Because we defunded the police. Right. Now, where the problem is, the problem is for this Daniel Perry guy, this former Marine sergeant, where he's going to have a very big problem is, Guess who the prosecutor in the case is? Someone shitlib. Alvin Bragg, the guy who brought charges against President Donald Trump. That's the prosecutor in this case because he's the district attorney for Manhattan. What else has he been a prosecutor on? Remember the bodega guy? And he tried to charge him with murder? And only dropped the the charge? Oh, the guy that was... The, the bodega owner who was attacked was, and that was in charge with murder. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Alvin Bragg only dropped the charges after there was a huge social media outcry about the injustice that this bodega owner wasn't allowed to defend himself. Oh, who else right. did Alvin Bragg try to charge? How about a uh, parking lot attendant? And we talked about this before when, when they charged Trump, but a parking lot attendant who was attacked... I believe stabbed and then shot a guy. He also tried to charge him with murder. So now that there's national outrage to include people like Congresswoman uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying that Jordan Neely was murdered. What do you think the likelihood that Daniel Perry is going to face murder charges for trying to restrain a crazy homeless man who was screaming and threatening passengers how much you want about that guy's going to now have to fight a murder case? I'm pretty sure that he's going to have to, yeah. And part of this is not because there's nothing notable here, to be completely honest. It's an unfortunate incident, I'm sure. I'm sure Daniel Perry doesn't really like the fact that he accidentally killed a guy and it was an accident. He did not have any intention of killing this guy. He was trying to restrain him for the safety of his community. This is the thing that the left has to destroy. You cannot be self-reliant. You cannot be the arbiter of safe of safety and justice in your own community. Your communities must be hollowed out. These crazy people on the subway are weapons of the left because they will make you uncomfortable, they will make you horrified, and they will make you give up any untold amount of rights and money to solve the problem. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, all of these people are also out on the subway being crazy in public because of left-wing policies. Yes. Left-wingers decades ago now basically shut down the asylums, turned these people out onto the street and eliminated the ability for us to get them off of the street and out of public danger like i mean it's almost impossible to have someone institutionalized now thanks to the left which is why all these people are now out on the street and going to be on the street pretty much forever right because you know you want to go put them in an asylum where they're not going to be threatening you know society and receiving mental health care oh uh-huh. but but every story that you're going to hear is like no they used to like throw women in there and minorities in there and this totally absolutely happened and isn't a movie i watched yeah Exactly. 
And let's not forget bail reform. People can have, this guy had something like 40 other arrests. Yeah, 46, I think is the number. 46 arrests. Like, and with COVID, remember when they were just turning people from, they were turning the jails out into the street because of, quote, COVID measures? Mm-hmm. The reason that we've had an enormous surge in crime has not been because there is more crime or more people want to do crime. It is because over the last, say, five years, probably going back even maybe 10 years, there has been a intentional push by left-wing activists at the state and federal level to get their guys into positions of authority as DAs and judges. And then when they're in those positions, they've passed and pursued all these bail reform, defund the police, changing all sorts of things where you could go to jail. Now, oh, it's just a misdemeanor and you only have to get a fine. The United States' criminal justice system or its, and its ability to keep criminals away from normal people and even punish criminality has been so serious, has been degraded so much more than any of us, I think, can really comprehend. And that's why we are now having a massive crime wave. In most ma- major cities, they've recently, they in the last few years have passed things where, oh, actually, if you steal less than this much money, it's not, it can't be considered a crime even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, less than $900. Yeah. yeah. And on a lot of cities, it's almost impossible for the police to take someone to jail, especially in large liberal cities like L.A., San Francisco, New York, Seattle. All of these places are having huge increases in crime. And it's a direct result of the liberal policies they have pursued. And who ends up cleaning up the mess? When police remove themselves, there's now a power vacuum and it's either filled with and it's, and it's being filled with gangs and increased criminality or filling the vacuum. And then it forces normal people to defend themselves, which the state seems to have no problem coming then coming after them. This is the term anarcho-tyranny, where the state sets things up to be dangerous anarchy and then punishes the people that respond to it, punishes people that try to defend themselves from it. You can you could make a the claim, and I would make this claim that violent homeless people on the street attacking people is state sponsored violence, because the state is intentionally enabling that violence to continue. Okay, yeah. it is state sponsored violence against their hated their hated essentially minorities. One of the things that was brought up here that I think is really interesting, um, K Road uh, on our. Uh, on Rumble's chat said, it might have only taken the Marine breaking the bystander rule for others to jump in. And this brings me to an interesting thought. So many of you may not know, but in the military, you have to go through a ton of basically human resources training uh, because they keep inundating the the DOD with it. Everything has to be about sexual assault, sexual harassment, and racial stuff, or as they call it, equal opportunity. Um, It's interesting that she brings up the bystander rule because the bystander rule, uh, I mean, obviously what she means is one person starts trying to handle something. Other people realize morally like, yes, this is a problem. We should also jump in, but there is also something known as the bystander rule in the uh, military when it comes to the type of training we're given and what it primarily applies to is sexual assault. The idea is that you're never like we are inundated with sexual assault training because there was this one girl 
um, in the, I, I might get this wrong cause I didn't like research it beforehand, but there was like this one girl in the, uh, coast guard that apparently was like sleeping with her entire chain of command. But then at oh, some yeah. point it became a problem. And then she claims that she was raped, but you know, the DOD took a look at it and was like, dude, this, uh, you're you've kind of been like it was very questionable let's just put it that way uh, but but she got a, she got a bunch of liberal feminist congress uh women on her side that all claimed that she was being quote ignored and it was being swept under the table so there was this big reformation to the military sexual assault um sexual assault methods and training yeah well one of the things that they had was the bystander rule which is if you see something you need to intervene you can get in trouble in the department of defense and i'm not even saying i disagree with this but you can get in trouble according to the department of defense if something is occurring and you don't do anything about it well what if this guy is like grabbing at a woman and this marine reacted because he's trained to do that you're he's been told his whole life not just with the marines but any sort of polite society if you see violence, especially violence directed at women in a public setting, it's at least in the America I want to live in. And I think the America that was up until, you know, the last couple decades, I thought the, I feel, believe the expectation was that that sort of behavior is where you jump in. Yeah. Yeah. This... Some Marine was like, hey, you know, what? we're not going to let that. This behavior is not acceptable and someone has to do something to stop it. He's a Marine. You're like the whole thing is jump in, be courageous. And of course, now we we have we can't have any of that because the last thing people on the left want is for people to feel like they can take matters into their own hands. Yeah, that would be terrible. <laughs> It would probably be racist because we would have inequalities because, oh, there's all these – like think about ma- the ma- major cities. Like if you had p- vigilantes at going after criminals, well, in a lot of these major cities, there's a disproportionate number of criminals that are black. And you're going to end up with, oh, my gosh, blacks are suffering suddenly this huge rise in, quote, self-defense shootings. You're like, well – there's no longer police to intervene in these scenarios. So we're leaving people with only one option. And actually, I think this is a, um, I don't want to say regrettable, but one of the issues I think with the whole second amendment and concealed carrying is there's not very many good options between zero response and lethal response. And I, this is why I always am I'm very critical of the, the idea that um, things like tasers, pepper spray, heck, even like beanbag rounds out of a shotgun. The fact that those all can get you in almost more trouble than just killing someone, hmm. I think is a very bad scenario if we're concerned that petty criminals are going to be shot by random citizens. It's like you have no option. Either it's the options are do nothing or employ lethal force because it's like shooting someone with a beanbag round can probably get you in jail more than if you just blasted them through the chest with a buckshot. Right, because, well, you know, lawyers, lawyers of the victim will come rushing in. And yeah. especially if the especially if this person is a different color than you, there are lawyers that are going to offer their pro bono service um, mm-hmm. to put you in jail so uh they can happily 
uh, try to make a bunch of money for whatever their thing is. In fact, um, anybody remember, I, I know I brought this up to you the other day, Alan, is uh, whatever happened to the case of that kid that just got shot for ringing the doorbell? That kind of disappeared. Yeah, so I looked up that case. It was the case of Ralph Yarl in Missouri. Can't... Yeah, it was in it yes. was in Missouri. We were I was convinced that yeah. this was the next George Floyd because a bunch right. of civil so rights was... leaders rushed out and all this. Anyway, go on. Right, is the Ralph the Ralph Yarl shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked that one up, and the the latest developments in or at least news I could see on that case were the old man who shot poor Ralph Yarl was the his lawyers were arguing that all the records of the case should be sealed and that and Yarl was making a miraculous recovery in the hospital but as of a week ago that was the only developments in that story i kind of think that potentially potentially as Yarl Ralph Yarl has been recovering he's been telling people his side of the story and that Sigh, and the and as the story has gotten more developed, it would not surprise me if it was starting to look a lot less convenient. Well, because okay, so I understand the attorneys being like, "Hey, the the idea of this case it needs to be sealed." Totally understand. I can see a lot of legal reasons why they would do that. Mostly because a bunch of um, civil rights activists almost immediately after this happened wanted to basically lynch. Um, the old, the old guy involved in this, they literally, if they, if they thought they could get away with it, they would have strung him up in a tree 100% and felt justified the entire time. And the media would have justified them. Certainly. So that is not why we're not hearing anything. The reason why we're not hearing anything is because we don't know why, but for one reason or another, the left has decided that this is not the case they want to go down, which leads me to believe only supposition. I have no idea, but it leads me to believe that he did not accidentally go to the wrong house. Yeah. Or at the very least, the situation is understandable enough from the old, the uh, self-defense shooting perspective that uh, there's no way it's going to be murder if, or you know, attempted murder. Which is, it, it's, it, it's strange because the left had such a stranglehold on it. This was supposed to be a big deal. This was going to be the next George Floyd. These, this poor kid who didn't do anything just went and rang a doorbell and got shot. I, I don't know. Like, what does it take for them to want to drop this case or the, out of the media cycle? What does it take for them to want I to think... drop this case out of the media cycle? I don't know. And there is a potential that somebody maybe higher up in there is a potential that someone in the media is trying to get them to back away from this case because it potentially is such a bad look for them. I remember talking with talking about this case when we first heard it, that my point was, I hope that they make a mountain out of a molehill here because the they're. What they're going to have to go after is instead of defunding the police and talking about law enforcement, all of that, because it was a civilian shooting, the only things you can complain about an attack, because they always want to have some legislation that this all ends with, their only option is to go after things that um, like the Second Amendment, to go after stand your ground laws, to go after castle doctrine, to go after the ability of people to defend themselves in their own homes. Mm -hmm. 
because I know I I remember the le- hearing the left being very upset about Castle. I forget what the what the impetus was, but not too long ago the left was all upset about Castle Doctrine in Texas. Like, this is just makes it so you can legally murder someone in your property. Brr. And I was excited for this case because they were going to have to dredge all that back up. And you would have left-wing governors in places like, heck, maybe let's say California, left-wing legislators cheerfully saying, we have passed all these new laws to gut the ability of random citizens to just murder people on their property. Which would be a great thing for the left to do because every normal thinking person, even if you vote Democrat, is going to be very, very upset by that. Because the, the, the idea that if someone breaks into your home with intent to hurt you or your family and that you're not supposed to be able to kill them, I think a lot of people instinctively understand why that is, a, why that is the case. So, if, if someone breaks into your home, you have the you do not need any more authorization to use lethal force other than there is a bad guy inside my house. Do you think that one of the reasons why they hate the idea of like the castle doctrine so much is that is one of the biggest things that you can stand on in saying this is why I need to own a weapon is to protect my home, to protect my property and protect oh, my for things. Sure. And so the left says, well, you don't have a right to protect your things. Now you don't have a need to have a weapon. Right. I think a lot of people, I think the left looked at the huge um, surge of Americans that bought firearms for self-defense in 2020 and 2021. Because of? Because of the massive levels of increased crime and the Black Lives Matter riots. Mm -hmm. And potentially the world ending because of COVID. <laughs> I, th I know the left saw that and is probably very unhappy about it. And it, and they want to get rid of people's firearms and the justification a lot of people use for why they should be allowed to own firearms is self-defense. And so I think if you can, that, I think that's what makes it so they'd be unable to help themselves for going after that justification. What I think is good about that is that because that justification is so intuitive to understand, it is going to be an impossible sell to normal people. Right. It will make them look crazed and unhinged. And it will be much, it'll be increasing, it, it is already very difficult for normal people to really support a lot of left and Democrat stuff. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and anything that happens that makes that worse, I will cheer for. Now... It's interesting because obviously, like we keep talking about it, it really seems like the left is intent on wanting to start the next, um, the next George Floyd. They need another George Floyd. They need another Saint Floyd um, because they they want to riot this summer. Like they absolutely sure. want to. Yeah. They, they they need there to be riots. So we have obviously this New York subway one, which I don't think is going to land. A lot of people are going to look at it and be like, I don't care. Crazy people shouldn't be on the subway. Like it's just, right. it's once again, right. it's not going to land. They, they have a really big victim problem here. They're not okay. finding good enough victims. Right. Um, so just like with the Ralph mm -hmm. Yarl shooting where immediately after the news broke, white guy shoots, black guy, there was protest. There's all these things. There's all these articles are gnashing of teeth and pulling of hair. 
all of this happened immediately after the shooting, and then a week went by, and suddenly it kind of dropped out of the news. Right. With the story on the subway here, immediate, oh, this man, he was lynched, he was only 30 years old, this poor, crazy, what horrible society we live in where a violent, crazed, homeless person can be attacked by normal, attractive people. What a horrible word of, again, great gnashing of teeth and pulling of hair, all these protests, are protests in the subway, no justice, no peace, blah, blah, blah. All of this has happened in the last week. And it would not surprise me if in another week, all of this dies down and goes away. Because I think a lot of it, that there's this immediate response to try and because there's a great hunger for we want another George Floyd. We want another martyr. This is a we want a reason to get out and protest and scream and be a giant inconvenience. And that's why they so quickly latch on to these things, which makes me feel like it's not necessarily top-down organized it's reflect it's re uh, reactive rather than proactive what's interesting is if i could look and look at this and make a pretty good case that the left is being completely reactive here that they are waiting for that every single time black guy gets shot by a white guy or killed by a white guy or whatever they jump on it and then back away from it to me, that sh that betrays that they're looking for these things more than they are finding these cases. Right. Well, and so mm -hmm. if there were, and, and because they back away from them, it means none of them stick. At the George Floyd one, because you had the video image of the officer, knee, quote, kneeling on his neck, they were able to stick with that and sell it. Same thing with Michael Brown, because they had... A bunch of people say, oh, yeah, his hands were up, don't shoot. Yeah, he was saying, hands up, don't shoot. Even though they recanted later in court that, that they never actually saw him with his hands up, they had that and they could run with it. With these last couple cases, they, there's nothing for them to run with. They're looking for a George Floyd, but they're not finding another George Floyd. And it tells me that this kind of – that. Their thing they're saying they're concerned about isn't happening. Well, and because if it was, then we would know. So there's a little bit of that, and you're you're 100 correct on that. But I think that there's an additional aspect to it, and it has to do with how information can reach us now, and the way that the control doesn't exist. But mm -hmm. let me give you an example from today. Okay. So <clears throat> this is a tweet that was from 12:30 today hmm. um and so this is from the wall street journal and they tweeted out uh so apparently there was a shooting at a mall um in dallas texas okay eight people were killed at a suburban mall near dallas and the gunman died at the scene that's what it says on underneath the sub subtitle here of texas shooter used ar-15 style rifle in attack so that that that's the actual text from the wall street journal 12 30 p.m today but in the tweet of this article it says authorities looking into the motive for the mass shooting at tech at a texas mall on saturday are investigating the gunman's possible links to white supremacist oh. ideology oh so this is at 12 30 uh when did the shooting even occur because like i said i've been camping so i didn't even hear about it um it happened yesterday on Saturday. Okay. Okay. That means law enforcement already knows everything about the, the gunman. Correct. Yeah. 
1230 today, the Wall Street Journal is claiming that they are looking into possible links to white supremacist ideology. That seems weird because CBS also released today. Allen outlet shooting suspect identified as Mauricio Garcia. Huh. Neat. That's quite the name. Mauricio Garcia. (laughs) The gunman who carried out the deadly, this is CBS news. The gunman who carried out the deadly shooting at the, at, at the Allen Premium Outlet Saturday afternoon has been identified as Mauricio Garcia, multiple sources told CBS News Texas. Garcia, 33, had been living at a motel and did not have a did not have a serious criminal history, JD Miles reported. He was reportedly working as a security guard. Uh, hmm. his parents' Dallas home was searched overnight, Miles reported. This is JD Miles put this out. So let's let's grab his tweet real quick and take a look. Um so J.D. Miles reports this out. Uh, a house that was raided in Dallas overnight was his parents. Sources tell me he was living in a motel and had no serious criminal record and was working as a security guard. A lot of you are asking about no serious criminal record. By that, I mean no felonies. We haven't been able to document misdemeanor offenses at this point. Okay. So. All right. So not that that's not a white guy, right? Or, or did did the Hispanics become white people again? I don't know. I'm always kind of confused by that. Do do you think anyone named, let's just be honest here. Do you think anybody named Mauricio Garcia is going to be a white supremacist? Doubtful. Yeah. But so, so the, the wall street journal had to have known by this time that this dude's name was Mauricio Garcia, but they're claiming they're claiming that law enforcement is looking into this as white supremacist ideology. Yeah. Also, he killed a bunch of white people. Yeah. So kind of weird. It, it look, doesn't really track, does it? Well, maybe it does. Is this a racially motivated shooting? And the left, like the the left, knows that people are going to talk about how it was racially motivated, so they get the word white supremacist to be out there, so they can then turn around and everyone hears racially motivated, and they go, "Well, yeah, because he was a white supremacist." When in reality, that's not what happened. What if it's a what if it's a Hispanic guy who wanted to go shoot a bunch of white people? Well, I've been told that that couldn't possibly happen. <laughs> well, but here's the interesting part: is like I was saying when it came to the uh, the left is having problems finding the right victim. I think that the left will make a victim out of anyone, no matter how horrific or terrible they are. I mean, let's remember George Floyd was so doped up at the time of his arrest that that's likely what killed him. Oh, most definitely. But they lied about it. Michael Brown didn't even have his hands up. In fact, was like fighting the officer in his car when he was shot and killed. But the left just lied about it in the media. Same thing with uh, Trayvon Martin, the real beginning of a lot of this. Trayvon Martin was Mm -hmm. bashing a man's head into the pavement When he got shot and killed, the left just lied about it, but now they can't. There's too many people who check the facts now. And even worse, they don't have control over places like Twitter, where a lot of these stories are the most popular. And notice, interestingly, 
because now that mm-hmm. Twitter isn't controlled wholly by shit libs, I went to that Wall Street art, Journal article and clicked on it while we were broadcasting and immediately underneath it were several tweets where people showed that the gunman had been identified. Uh-huh. I almost guarantee that back during the shit lib Twitter days, they would wipe out that story. Mm. You wouldn't see those replies. You would only see gunmen invest uh, gunmen being investigated for white supremacist ideology and only on the darkest corners of the right wing web would we ever be able to tell you and we would tell you on this program because we would have to go hunting for it we would have to look into it we would have to check the sources that we have who would say dude this guy's last name is garcia for christ's sakes it's not white supremacy we would be screaming that and the left would be like i never heard i don't know i'm gonna have to check that from a reliable source like the new york times who would never ever publish it right but now (laughs) they can't as soon as they try to create a saint we suddenly find out a lot of stuff. We suddenly just start asking questions. I mean, the the one with that uh with that kid, um, Jarl, right? Yeah. Just okay, maybe it did happen that way. We we left the door open for that. We brought this up when we talked about it on the show. But there were things that kind of made no sense. Had the kid never been there, it was at ten thirty at night. What was he possibly doing that would just randomly make us like an, a super old guy just go grab a gun and then shoot? Like none of this checks out, guys. But what the left wanted, the only thing that they wanted was this kid rang a doorbell and got shot. Yeah. And to be fair, what about the there was that story almost immediately after that where a little girl and her two parents were shot by a black guy because her soccer ball rolled into his yard. Yeah. And everybody looked at the media and went, you mad about that one? Why not? Oh, weird. So this is about race. And I well, think that- I remember it was only a couple of weeks ago. There was a we got to see a. um, it, There was a, a video that I saw widely shared on social media of a black guy walking up to a homeless white dude who was just sitting on this like curb and casually plugging in the, the pulling out a pistol and shooting in the back of the head. Yeah. It's a horrifying video. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, casual, just, just casual violence. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. No. Where was the outrage? It was a poor, it was, it was just a poor mentally disturbed home or it was a, an unhoused angel who was just sitting there doing nothing and was shot and killed, but nobody gave a shit. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you can't get the racial motivation because that's the point. The point is the racial motivation. They need to have race riots. They have to have them. We're going into an election, folks. They have to destabilize society. It needs to happen. People need to be scared. I mean, things are worse than they've ever been. The liberal project is being shown for being the absolute tantamount failure that we've been warning it would be. Joe Biden is literally a a mentally compromised, well, and we'll get to this in a second, um, even more compromised person. 
and everything's falling apart for the left, for the elites. COVID did not have the intended consequences they thought it would. People now are looking at their governments and going, I don't think you should be in charge. Yeah. It's falling apart. People are now talking about all of the problems that existed that that uh, that exists with the vaccine. They're talking about the fact that the government locked us down with zero science. So much so that we we talked about this yesterday and I do or last week and I do have to make a clarification. Randy Weingarten, we talked about her last week how she was like I never said to shut down schools, except she literally constantly advocated for shutting down schools. So we know that there is a backlash that they are worried about. So they need to change it. They need to go back to the whole George Floyd race riots, BLM nonsense. He didn't do nothing. Exactly. Well, and in addition to that, the Randy Weingarten thing that I was talking about, um, we, we brought it up and we were kind of quickly going through the story last week. And we brought up that like, you know, obviously she's a lesbian. She's married to a woman. And she was talking about like um, the left was trying to uh, castigate Marjorie Taylor Greene for talking about the fact that like, do, do you have any kids? Have you ever been a mother? And her, and everyone's like, Oh my God, she's an adopted mom. How dare she? Oh, geez. Right. Does anyone remember all of that? That's not what Marjorie Taylor green was talking about. She wasn't going after her because she adopted kids or because she was a lesbian that adopted kids. When she married the woman she's married to, so let, let, we'll follow this logic. This woman, so so the woman who married, and I'm sorry, I don't have the names in front of me, but the woman who married Randy Weingarten was in a previous relationship with another woman who oh. had children from her previous marriage to a man. Then oh. that woman that Randy Weingarten married adopted those kids. So they were adopted. And they were in a relationship for something like 18 years. Then there was a divorce. And then that woman married Randy Weingarten. Okay. She's not a mom to fucking anyone. She doesn't have kids. The woman she's married to adopted the two kids of a previous relationship. And they were grown by the time Randy Weingarten came into the picture. Who Those kids aren't even related to any of them. Randy Weingarten, her spouse, those kids have zero relation to them at all. Except for that was my stepmom. Randy Weingarten right. married somebody else's stepmom. That, and, and that's what Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about. Why the hell are you in charge of the entire teachers union and talking about parental rights when you are so far removed from children, like what the hell right do you have? That's a very good question. That's what she was talking about. Right. Right. But the left wanted to cover that. Oh my God, she's attacking adopted parents. How do you feel about that? Right wingers. Yeah. Yeah. This is how, This is how they lie, and they lie all the damn time. Now, when I'm talking about things that are coming out, well, a couple of things. There have been several drops this week that are 
fascinating that I think are going to cause the left to go absolutely batshit. Number one, the leaking of Jeffrey Epstein's private calendar that shows that he had meetings with the current CIA director, William Burns. By the way, all of these appointments happened after Jeffrey Epstein was a convicted sex offender. So current CIA director, William Burns. The uh, Joshua Ramo, a board member of FDX and Starbucks. Noam Chomsky. (laughs) And then uh, Catherine uh, Rumler, who is White House counsel for Barack Obama and, by the way, is involved in so much, so much. Every scandal that Barack Obama's ever had, um, Kathy Rumler has been a part of. Every single one. But that's not all that's been put out. The other fun parts that have come out are the um, the fact that there's a whistleblower who has come out and said that the DOJ has uh, documents that reveal a criminal scheme involving Biden. So this came from Fox News this is the early release of it from May 3rd from Fox News. Whistleblower alleges FBI and DOJ have document revealing criminal scheme involving Biden and a foreign national. A whistleblower is alleging that the FBI and Justice Department are in possession of a document that describes a criminal scheme involving then Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer and Senator Chuck Grassley said Wednesday. Comer, Republican New York, and Grassley, Republican Iowa, said the whistleblower claims the document includes precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. The document, an FBI-generated FD-1023 form, allegedly details an arrangement involving exchange of money for policy decisions. Comer issued a subpoena Wednesday following legally protected disclosures to Grassley's office. Quote, we believe the FBI possesses an unclassified internal document that includes very serious and detailed allegations implicating the current president of the United States, Grassley said. We don't know what what we don't know is what, if anything, the FBI has done to verify these claims or investigate further. The FBI's recent history of botching politically charged investigations demand demands close congressional oversight. I am telling you, first of all, well, give me one second. I'm gonna, I have to sneeze, I think. Oh. So, Alan, what do you think? <coughs> ah, I didn't hit the mute button fast enough. I'm sorry. Anyway. That's okay. That's dumb. Alan, what do you think? Well, I mean, they're obviously all extremely corrupt. Uh, the connection with Epstein is always a very interesting one because it kind of seems like all the worst people in the world are all somehow are all weirdly connected through his little island playground. Yeah, I I think and I kind of feel like anyone that was associated with Epstein that I can easily go. Ah, you're on the enemy team. Great. I think Jeffrey Epstein was a tool of intelligence agencies. Yeah, I think he was a tool of intelligence agencies and a bunch of other interests that. Mm-hmm. They basically collude together to try and run the world outside of normal democratic controls. Yeah, they compromise people by getting videos of them basically screwing kids or doing all sorts of depraved things. And then they basically force people to have to play ball. It's also why yeah. it's also why you see so many politicians that end up being pedophiles. I think that that's part of the plan. 
Right. And I don't think it needs to just be simply be pedophiles right. because the amount of money that they were able to throw around means it's i think the whole thing with pedophilia or not a lot of i th- that the way i think that world worked was some kind of compromising material i think they would get it somehow whether it was financially compromising whether it's like you broke some laws over here i mean of course like compromising videos of them with children or young girls whatever mm-hmm. i think the whole thing was this weird blackmail collusion scheme that deserves a huge amount of investigation, especially because the amount of government officials that seem to be involved with this as well as private businesses. But it was clearly absolutely something untoward was going on and anyone associated with it should be viewed with an extreme degree of skepticism. So what I find fascinating is at the same time, and and I don't want to pour cold water on it, but obviously there's a whistleblower who came out. Now there, uh, there are a lot of um, interesting connections that can be made, but there's a whistleblower who came out and was claiming um, that, you know, he has basically, basically he has proof that Joe Biden um, was, was selling influence, which is something that on the right, we're all Mm -hmm. like, yeah, we know he literally admitted to it. Right. You know, he withheld a billion dollars from Ukraine, who's apparently the holiest of holies, basically the papacy of the world right now. But back then, when he withheld a billion dollars because they wouldn't fire the prosecutor investigating his son, nobody gave a shit. Um, And then we impeached Trump for even suggesting the same something even, you know, remotely similar. Uh, They impeach a president. But, you know, Joe Biden, freaking hero, boy of Scranton or whatever nonsense. But. The real thing is, is like, oh, weird. You think that he was receiving a bunch of money from foreign interests to make policy decisions? Yeah. Isn't that like how his son's employed? Yeah. Isn't that his son's job? Yeah. And we all know it. We yeah. all know that that's what's going on. We all know that they're, say, the Biden family is deeply corrupt, just like the Clintons are deeply corrupt. And so what? Well, here's like, the thing. The old, uh, why they're is this all coming out they're now? all extremely corrupt mm-hmm. and it just is i guess that just gets to continue the question that people might ask is why might this be coming out now like why would a whistleblower come out now and yeah this is this is a bad theory it's a pessimistic theory but it's a theory that makes sense so mm-hmm. why would it come out now well one it's great to have it known Let's let's start there. I mean, it is always good to know these things. Like, I like knowing that I'm on the right side of stuff and that I'm not insane and that Joe Biden actually is a corrupt piece of trash. Sure. Um, That's always good to know. But number two, um, prosecutors in Delaware are supposedly going supposedly getting close to making a charging decision when it comes to Hunter Biden. Well, that might be, you know, that seems to be of interest to a lot of people. What if I told you that this whistleblower comes out and says, I happen to know that Joe Biden was selling influence to foreign nationals. And then all of the sudden, Hunter Biden's supposed to be getting close to being charged. But then this adds another avenue that they have to investigate. And now Congress, right before an election, starts asking questions. Hey, what the hell's going on with this? Joe Biden, were you seriously selling influence? Were you selling classified materials since you had them in your garage and all this other stuff? Were you selling influence? Were you being bribed? We have to impeach you for that. If you were being bribed, that is an impeachable offense. 
what was going on? Oh, well, wouldn't it just be so unfortunate if when Congress wanted to get that information, the FBI director was able to go, sorry, that's part of a pending investigation. Sorry, that's part of oh. an active and ongoing investigation. I don't have to answer that. Maybe you, that's why this is coming. And you're out. saying that because it, that they'll have it as a keep it as a they'll keep it as a pending investigation, which means no one can comment on it. But it, that doesn't necessarily mean this investigation will go anywhere. That they can they could just find him innocent at a time of their choosing when it's more convenient to do so. Is that sort of your your alleging? I think that this comes out whistleblowers out there. Doesn't and what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what the intent was. Now maybe like I don't think James Comer and Chuck Grassley are all part of some great scheme, but this whistleblower came out. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to connect it to the Hunter Biden investigation, and then they're going to not comment on it. We can't comment. Sorry guys, can't comment. Active investigation. I don't comment on active investigations. Makes so sense. there is an there there is a whistleblower who is claiming that there is a form that shows that Joe Biden d- committed an impeachable offense, which, by the way, is even more already. This is way more than we had any of the times that they tried to that they impeached Trump. This is way more. Yeah, of course. There's a guy who says that there's a document at least. Remember, they impeached Trump the first time over some sniveling little Ukrainian shit saying, I heard from someone that Donald Trump said this on a phone. Yeah. That was actually what, what happened. It was, I heard from someone that Donald Trump said this on a phone. That was the extent of his first impeachment. Yeah. We have somebody who's at least saying, we've got, <clears throat> you know, we at least have somebody saying, there's a document that that there was a classified human source or a confidential human source who said that Joe Biden was part of this whole thing. And so, I don't know. Now, could this be coming from the left? Do you think maybe they're trying to shove? There's a few theories we can make up here. Is it possible that they're trying to shove Joe Biden off because they know that he'll weigh down the next ticket? Potentially. I could see that as a, I could see that as likely. Sure. But now to the point that you were trying to make a little bit earlier, do I think, um, do I think that anything is going to come out of this? I don't know. I don't hold my breath. I, with these things, because, you know, you can't, we can't sit there and say that there's a deep state, that there's elite corruption in the United States and that there's basically some sort of cabal that's really making everything happen. And then at the same time, turn around and go, we think what they should prosecute themselves. Right. Um, they, they found the, I mean, they, there's a great document that was released. It was like the CIA investigated itself and found that it wasn't behind the like transferring drugs from Latin America to the United States. Say, I'm uh, sorry. Say that but, again. Oh, though. So they, um, there was this, these allegations the CIA was running drugs from South America into the United States. And because it involved, of course, activity outside the United States, they were all classified. And so to allay people's fears, the CIA released its own internal investigation where they investigated themselves and found that they had not done anything wrong. But you can't actually question it because, well, all the sources are you know, highly confidential. By the way, I just saw a... Um... 
I saw a tweet from AOC that popped up, which says watching the media give the Brock Turner treatment for the killing of a homeless man has been nauseating. A person having a record does not excuse killing them. Neither does being poor, sick or homeless. Virtually every one of us is closer to being in Neely's shoes than we think. Well, certainly with liberals in charge, yes, we are a lot closer to being insane and poor. Um, But at the same time, the Brock Turner treatment Dude, nobody remembers Brock Turner. She didn't remember Brock Turner. This is 100% part of the, um, somebody came up with this. So for those of you who don't remember, Brock Turner was like some kid who sexually assaulted a woman and got like a really ridiculous sentence and everybody said it was because of white privilege. Brock Turner was actually Mm. one of the beginning, uh, one of the beginning cases that the left used for white privilege. Hmm was like he sexually assaulted a woman and then he said it's because he was white and rich that he got like such a low sentence for sexual assault. And that's that's that was really the predicate of the entire like white privilege. If he were black, he'd be in jail for life. I remember um that actual like like that situation. Um because this was back in 2015. Okay. So doesn't really matter my opinion on it. I don't care. Um, but nobody nobody remembers Brock Turner. She's bringing this up either because it's so important to her, which is ridiculous, um, but or at this or, or or at the same time, it's just it's all part of how her brain works. The justice system huh. needs to be destroyed, and it more than likely the reason why AOC brought up Brock Turner is because the Marine is white. Well, of course, that's, that's, right. that's the only reason why why any of this is getting any traction at all. <clears throat> also, like I said, just a couple weeks ago, there is a video of a black man walking up and executing a homeless guy in the streets. I think it was even New York City that got no media play because of the color of people's skin. This if if Brock, if uh, not Brock Turner, if this Marine had been black, nobody would have cared. This never would have made the evening news. Right. But. It, it, it it's 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 also just it, it's extremely fascinating in a lot of ways if you look at it because like this is a united states congresswoman yep. she is saying that this person deserves to be punished she is literally telling the united states of america she's a representative and she is supposed to be a representative of the laws. And you know what's even more amazing, by the way? New York. What's up? Alvin Bragg. Shit lib prosecutor. Shit lib governor. Shit lib mayor. And she's still going, he's a murderer. He needs to be tried with murder. Like, she's saying this. This is an elected yep. representative of the United States of America. Okay. Are you going to tell me that she doesn't have fucking influence? That she's not trying to influence a case right now? Yeah, of course she's trying to influence case. That's exactly what she's doing. Yeah, she, you, she knows that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you have Peter, mem- everyone on the left knows that that's what they're doing. Yeah, you have members of Congress who are trying to influence an ongoing investigation right now, and basically yeah. she's signaling you better charge this guy with murder. Okay, I, yep. I at what point? At what point do we all wake up to this and say you should not be allowed to be in Congress if you do this shit? You should not be allowed okay, to I'll do say, that. Okay. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. are, are all saying that, have been saying that ever since she was elected, which is why well, I don't <laughs> yeah. necessarily feel like 
it, it doesn't matter what we think. Mm-hmm. She's she does keep getting reelected. It's the same reason why all of these people keep getting reelected is because the voting system has been so thoroughly undermined in the United States that people like this are the people that get chosen to be put in these positions by the Democratic machine in all of these cities. I mean, our like there could be broad, broad scale outrage against one of these elected politicians that's not going to get them kicked out of Congress. Or what we need to either advocate potentially for is this behavior is absolutely uh, ir- is absolutely reprehensible, is not fitting an elected representative, and the GOP needs to take steps to punish this member of Congress for making statements like this. Yeah, well, it, outside it, of that, there's nothing we can do to stop her from getting reelected again. And I think that that's exactly why she's doing it. I think that she wants, of course, she wants the GOP to censure her for these statements because these state, th- th- this is insane. Like, yeah. I, I, kick her out of Congress. I, I under, I absolutely understand what you're Kick her off all the committees. Right. But you know what she's going to do then, right? Uh, not be on a bunch of committees able to well, <laughs> in, impact the governance of the country. No, I no. Mean, t- she can, she can cry on, on social media yeah. all she wants. Yeah, the she goal wants... is to strip these people of political power. Right. Even if she's still an elected representative, if she's been kicked off of committees, they treated her like they treated Marjorie Taylor Greene, she would have a lot less power and authority. She could just complain and, no, well, that's fine. Yeah, she like, wants we to can be... deal with that. She's probably We're... doing this shit because she wants to become one of the Tennessee Three. She probably does. And even if she does, it would be symbolic only. Yeah. If that's not, if it's backed up by stripping her of any real power, then that's absolutely worth it. I don't care how much these people complain. I care that they are able to influence the levers of power. No, but no, I I agree with you. Like, yeah, yeah. The GOP needs to grow a backbone and not care that she's going to go try to make a star of herself out of this. Who gives a shit? At the end of the day, doing what's right is what's right. That's what you're saying. That's all yeah. you're actually saying yeah, that's, that's is what doing saying. what's yeah. right is is what's right. So do it. Remove her from everything. This is insane that there is that there is a an elected member of Congress who is attempting to push the wheels of justice because of the way she feels. Not because of the, she doesn't know shit. She doesn't know anything about this case. Understand nope. the police did not charge him. The, the police didn't charge him. Nope. And there's a reason. Even the mayor of New York for being as massive of a shit lib as he is was like, yeah, we're going to kind of wait this one out. He absolutely is waiting this out because there's something that they all know that is going to make this really inconvenient, but it doesn't matter for AOC. She is trying to nope. get this guy thrown in jail for murder because he's white. At the end of the day, it's because he's fucking yeah. white and yep. she wants to push the racial narrative. And, 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 and to your point, yes, the GOP just needs to throw her ass off of any attempt at governing because she's obviously shown that she is a danger when she is governing. Yeah. But at the same point, here's the actual problem. That's not even a consequence for her because she'll turn around and turn it into some fundraising nonsense and some way for a bunch of uh, dumbass, uh, dumbass liberals to virtue gasm about her. The real problem that exists is even if this guy, this Marine turns around and sues her for defamation, she Mm -hmm. won't pay the bill. Some rich shit lib, dark money asshat like George Soros will pay millions of dollars to this dude, which, uh, you know, good for him, but it doesn't hurt her. And that's the problem. 
What needs to happen is this guy needs to be able to go into a court of law. And first of all, his case should be thrown out right now. They're... Alvin Bragg, as much of a piece of shit as he is, needs to be, he he has to throw his hands up and go, I can't fucking charge this guy now. I can't. There's zero potential of a non-biased jury now. Thanks, you fucking idiot. Sure. I think what the right wing should do, should take from cases like this, is two, is a couple different things. Recognize that no matter how much we complain, we're not going. To, our complaints are not going to change the behavior of anyone on the left. Right. What can only change is our action when we see things like this, marine, like this marine getting attacked in this way for doing something that was essentially the right thing to do. It there needs to, it's a two needs to be two pronged focus of protecting him and ensure basically and ensuring that the left can't go after him. Yeah. It's like this guy if if he's if he's actually say under threat, he needs to be able to flee wherever he. He, needs to, he essentially needs to flee to a safe house. It would be great to have a right-wing network of people that could be able to offer sanctuary to people like him where he could basically just disappear and not have to deal with essentially the Black Lives Matter hit squads the rest of his life. Additionally, it would, the right-wing, it would be really nice if the right-wing could develop organization enough to have a team of lawyers ready to defend this guy and be able to say, oh, they're going after one of our guys again? All right, like... We, it, it should be up to his lawyer to be able to say, because of these comments by elected representatives, there's no way my client can get a fair trial here or whatever it would happen to be. Yeah. That the, the, they're going to keep doing this ad infinitum while they still have power. So complaining about what they're doing only gets us so far. The reaction to what they're doing is making it impossible for them to do these sorts of things to people that do the right thing, which means a legal response and a personal protection response for these individuals. And like I said, I think that would be a very productive thing for right wing advocacy groups to invest in is the ability to immediately have a good lawyer advocating for this guy and fighting the lawfare battle for him. And additionally, if that sort of doesn't work, Having an, a almost like underground railroad for him to skip town with his belongings and start a new life somewhere. Yeah. No, I mean it, it's. Yeah, the the there needs to be, if if you want people to have faith in in justice in the United States, that that is where the GOP in its own needs to lean in and actually take action against because this is this is the tactic we know that this is the tactic that they want and this is the tactic that they're going to continue to push forward with and that is something that we need to realize we need to acknowledge because this is inherently the largest problem that we have is the left wants just the justice system to be mob rule and there isn't anything that we're seeing the GOP fundamentally do to buttress against that aside from saying they're anti-police like that's stupid they're anti-law and order that's stupid what are you doing to make it to where social media i mean for god's sakes think about it chief justice john roberts is rumored i have to say now is rumored but why would anyone make this up to have not wanted to hear any of the cases on the election because he was afraid of the rioting. Yeah. Coward. Yeah. You did that. The left did that. We have no idea any of the evidence when it comes to any of these election cases because they weren't even allowed to get into a court 
because no judge yeah. wanted their name on it because they would have been harassed because they would have been, uh, they would have been doxxed. Their families would have been harassed and entirely possible. The left would have tried to assassinate them because that happened to the Supreme court. It was the whole reason they did it. Yeah. And as long as the right doesn't have enough power to protect its friends and punish its enemies, that is going to keep happening. We cannot rely on the justice system to do it for us. We can't rely on the police to do it for us. We can't rely on the, essentially the system to protect our friends and punish our enemies. And so we have to look at ways we can operate outside the system or essentially abuse the system in our own way to make sure that that happens. The number one most important thing is that is for us to be is for the right wing to be able to protect our friends and punish our enemies. Yeah. And that has to happen one way or another. That's the only way forward is building a system where that is the case. Now, I think a lot of red states are a good way to start looking at that. I think a lot of I mean, you, you, I think there was a big positive boon when it was all the parents coming out to uh, wrest control of their children's schools back from these teacher unions. That was very positive. But at the end of the day, if the, the focus has to be on building a parallel system within the United States of the, where the right wing is able to protect our friends and punish our enemies. Right. Like people like Casey Cortez, people like George Soros, all of them have to be read, have to be essentially be neutered. Their ability to affect our daily lives has to be mitigated before there can be any any before anything else. It doesn't matter what they say or think. They're going to continue to be the insane, ridiculous activists that are trying to destroy us and trying to destroy America that they've always been. That's never going away. The only thing that could possibly happen that would be positive is essentially isolating ourselves, isolating them from us through whatever legal, through whatever legal or social means, essentially isolating them away from us. Like, for example, like a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm just going to move to a red state. Okay, that's good and fine. And if your red state takes the position, we are not going to let the people in Washington or even the people, you know, the next state over where we're not going to let them affect your life we will act as the shield to protect you from what those crazy people want to do since we can't remove the crazy people out of society we can't remove them from power all we can do is focus on ways that can limit their ability to project power against us right and it's interesting because we are at least seeing some some positive battles occurring, or at least in in uh, another way of saying it is um, some positive uh, things that would encourage moves in the correct direction. Uh, because unfortunately, at the end of the day, when we talk about things like the GOP, ultimately they are politicians, and so they are beholden to incense popularity and things like that. But even which the... it doesn't make any sense. Go on. It's like. If you were a right wing, what it sounds like you're saying is that I, as a right wing politician, couldn't possibly act to protect my friends and punish my enemies. Then none of my voters would vote for me. That's the pull problem with political messaging. Yes. Yeah. You, it, need to, you need to have a messaging campaign that would say, look at me out here protecting your friends and punishing your enemies. Right. Because we're all in this together. No one on the left is going to vote for you. You're not going to sway them to vote for you by being a, a quasi leftist. Mm hmm. Double down on your right wing base and you will get more 
and and that's the only way forward. It's it's because play the both sides nonsense is has gotten us nowhere. It's it's because so many of our politicians are still dipshit boomers um, who have been psyoped into thinking that they're it's the three percent of independence that you have to appeal to. I have I have legitimately had um, well respected right wing commentators um, block me on social media or just flat out Uh scream at me and call me names. Because I have asked legitimately when they say these things like, well, they need to moderate their message more because it's going to scare independence away. My response has consistently been, show me where the fuck the left has done that. Where did Barack Obama do that to win in 2008? Where did he do it to win in 2012? Where did Clinton do that in the 90s? Show me. Just show me. Show me where Clinton, show me where they moderated. And and the, the election of Trump, I think, throws that completely out the window. Right. But Trump won off a message that a lot of people would consider too extreme and too not nice and pleasant. A hundred percent. But also show me where the same reason why Mitt Romney lost. Yeah. Mitt Romney lost because he moderated. John McCain lost because he was a piece of shit and a a globalist the entire time. But well, that's also true. Yeah. Like it, it is a bunch of nonsense. But interestingly, Things are so bad right now that the, even the left can't handle it. Here's George Stephanopoulos having to announce, having to announce Joe Biden's poll numbers. And remember, we don't like polls because polls are usually biased to the left. These are Joe Biden's poll numbers, and George Stephanopoulos has to announce them after he, after uh, Biden officially announced his reelection campaign. Our brand new poll conducted with the Washington Post, it shows major challenges for President Biden. His approval ratings at 36 percent, a career low. More Americans now say Donald Trump did a better job handling the economy and Trump is leading Biden in a 2024 matchup. Our brand new. Donald Trump is leading Joe Biden in a 2024 matchup because 54 percent of Americans believe that Donald Trump handled the economy better. I don't think I need them to believe it. I think we have the numbers on our side to prove it. We most certainly do. But here's more on the poll on, on the poll. Uh, sorry, on the approval ratings from George Stephanopoulos. I'm focusing on George Stephanopoulos for those of you who don't know, and maybe I haven't mentioned it in quite a while on the program here. This guy is now like he is the guy on ABC that consistently has the most hours on television. He was also Bill Clinton's press secretary because this is how in bed the media is with the Democrat Party. But here's him having to react to Joe Biden's poll numbers. This poll is just brutal for President Biden. Absolutely, George. And you talked earlier about that record low approval rating for President Biden. It's actually six points down just since February. And the skepticism over his leadership extends deep inside his own party. Only 36 percent of Democrats think that their party should nominate Joe Biden for a second term. Fifty eight percent say they would uh, support someone else or prefer someone else. That's despite the fact that the entire DNC, most of the Democratic establishment, has rallied behind President Biden. And you're seeing real weaknesses in the coalition that powered Joe Biden to the presidency back in, in 2020. Biden carried independence by 13 points against Donald Trump. He is now trailing Trump by nine points among those same voters. He carried black voters by 75 points in 2020. Now he is up just 35. That may sound like a lot, but the fact of the matter is, in modern politics, that is not the kind of number that a Democrat needs to be victorious. This poll is just... Wow. So... 
independents are leaning toward Donald Trump. Did Donald Trump moderate, Alan? I, not in the way a lot of people would, a lot of uh, never Trumpers would have wanted him to. Even if he, even if he did moderate, because there are some things where we could say maybe he moderated, right? Uh, even if he did moderate, sure. it, how the hell would, how the hell would, um, how the hell would independence ever know? Because it's not, it's, it's not, it's not like independence yeah. get the news sources we do. They would never know. Donald Trump is still Hitler. Like, let's be sure. honest. Yeah, if, I think if somebody, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, if somebody claims that they're an independent, they would rather vote for, quote, Hitler than Biden. That's how bad Biden's doing. He's trailing 9% with independents. But even more uh, weird was seeing with blacks, 75% was, like 75% of blacks went for Joe Biden um, in 2020. 35% are going for him now. That's, I that one I can't figure out. Because that's all that they focused on. Mm-hmm. That's that's all. Like literally, that's like everything the White House has focused on is the black vote. They have pandered to blacks consistently throughout the entire four years. So the, you, he must be doing such a bad job that they just literally can't even. Possibly, although I, I'm a little skeptical on. Yeah, don't, how well that translates. Don't, yeah, don't misunderstand that poll. That doesn't equate to blacks voting for a Republican. That just equates to them likely not voting at all. And then complaining, probably. Um, huh. not, even to, not even to make that sound as racially tinged as it is. It's just what I do not want is the GOP looking at that poll and going, we should pander more about race and inclusivity to get those black voters that aren't voting for Biden. Please don't. Yeah. Please, please, God, don't. <laughs> because I won't vote for you. Basically, yeah. what I don't want is the GOP to become the Nikki Haley campaign, where all Nikki Haley does is like, I'm running as, you know, I'm going to run for president as a Republican. And everyone goes, what's your, like, so, like, what's your big plan? What are you going to do for the country, Nikki Haley? And she goes, I'm a brown woman. Right. And everyone goes, that's. That's, yeah, she's a brown woman who used to be a Democrat and hasn't and hasn't refuted. Essentially, anyone that hasn't refuted the Democrat Party might be one of them, and I'm always a little too suspicious of that. What do you mean? What do you mean she used to be a Democrat? Is that a thing? Oh, I don't know. She, no, no, she hasn't refuted of the core tenets of the, the Democrat Party. It's oh, the same with right. a lot of like the Never Trumpers. Like those. Yeah. Like I don't trust any of the any of the people that were these establishment shills. I will never trust because to get to that position, you have to probably have been so thoroughly compromised that I can't trust that you're not just going to revert back to what your donors want as soon as you get elected. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 I. 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 I, I am picking up what you're laying down. No, and it does it does make sense, right? Like, is that and that is actually, you know, at at the end of the day, that is the big thing here is like when when um, because this is something that that some of the idiots out there um, in the commentariat can't seem to get through their head is like the entire reason why um, people on the right are so concerned about whether or not someone is establishment is because that is. What the, like that? That is the concern. The concern of the establishment itself is the concern that they are basically compromised. 
They're ideologically compromised and they're going to end up doing left wing shit because by and large, you're not going to oppose the left. You're, you're not going to support your friends and punish my enemies. Well, and, and and you're going to be, you're going to be wholly and totally owned. Um, yeah, you're going to be wholly and totally owned, um, by the consultant class. Who's going to give you bad advice. Yeah, and it's basically, are you going to be one of the toothless GOPers that delivered us into this situation, or are you going to be a radical that tries and reverses it? And I, I no, think that's, Donald yeah, Trump that... was more of a rat, certainly more of a radical than most neocons, and I think that's the only people that I would want to vote for anymore, is people that I would deem as, this person is a radical that wants to tear down this like current system, because the current system does not serve me, it doesn't serve you, it doesn't serve any of us, and in fact, is only seeming to exist to make our lives worse. Like project forward the future of the United States on its current trends than into the next 20 years. We get delivered unto ruin is where we end up. Nothing gets better in the next 20 years if we stay in the current course. It's, it, it is impossible that anything gets better and it will only get much, much worse. So I will only ever support politicians that are essentially radicals that are refuting and demanding the current system be completely overhauled and changed and not in a Barack Obama like hope and change kind of way because he didn't actually represent any sort of radical transformation simply a Barack Obama was essentially the logical progression of the current left-wing trajectory of the United States mm-hmm. I want someone that is actually a radical that will completely alter that will totally alter the course of the United States I want a different future than the left-wing bug hive like World Economic Forum nonsense, which is where we exactly were headed. I want a I want someone that will basically be like we are, retur- we are returning industry to the United States. We are restarting the space program. I want things that are completely radical shift ups. I I want someone that is going to burn the Federal Reserve to the ground. It's like I want people that look at the situation honestly and completely, and then suggest alternatives that not only get us out of our current mess, but enable it so that we never have to deal with the current mess ever again, that solve these systemic issues that have created, that have put us in the current position that we're in. And that's what no one other than political radicals can offer me. Everyone of the establishment is going to protect the current system and either slow down the decline or accelerate the decline, but the decline is still going to happen. Right. Yeah. It's a, how, how do you, how do you want to take your death? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, I think that that's as, as good a place as any to stop the show, but um, yeah, just no more quid pro quo. It's super easy. Not a big ask, but that's going to have to be it for this week. I'm Aaron from the East coast. I'm Alan from the West coast. This is Wrong Think Radio. See you all next week.